When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEM Track. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong, broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club, coming to you through 1575 Illawarra Track and 1170 into Sydney for the first hour. Afterwards, you'll get us on the SEN app. Good morning, everybody. I'm Matt Russell, joined by a couple of greats, the Illawarra Mercury great Mitch Jennings and Hawks basketball great Matt Campbell, who comes here not wearing Hawks singlets, but blue singlets. Carlton, we've never talked AFL on this show in our life, really. And you've come in proudly wearing the Carlton blue singlet. Please explain. Hasn't mentioned, hasn't mentioned AFL all year. <laughs> hasn't even touched on it. Now Where he's coming in here with, Now he's coming in here with Carlton Blues. <laughs> Two on. weeks in a row. Here he is, Carlton. Come on, Maestro, is, pump that uh, music for Matt Campbell. He's playing <laughs> this because the Blues... Took down Melbourne last night. It was fantastic. Finals theatre last night. Two big grounds side by side. And Carlton came from the clouds to beat uh, Melbourne. Melbourne 9 17. Yes. 17 behinds cost them. Poor Max Gorn sent a banana kick into the post. Also touched the ball when his team was going to goal. I felt sorry for Max, but Carlton, they were beaten until they, the finishing they're post. They're gone. <laughs> they're gone. Uh, Max they gone. Were, they were, we were gone, to be honest. And I am a, an avid Carlton fan, been all that since I was a little boy, and um, so excited to see him go through. But what an absolute <laughs> nail biter, I must admit. I thought we were gone up until that last goal. And, um, what an amazing night. 96,000 people at the G. Uh, the, the numbers in Melbourne for the AFL right now are unbelievable after last weekend. It's pretty exciting and it's uh, you know good to see Carlton. Ten years since being in the finals. Now we're through to a pre- prelim. Okay, that's our AFL for the year. Yeah, there we go. We've, done, uh, we've touched on it. Next. You can get us on 0457 736 736. Feel free to straighten us up. 0457 736 736. Plenty of NRL to come. Don't worry about that also group seven grand final talk with ashton sims in the second hour of course his brother Tarek successful with melbourne last night there's footy and spring racing with tim burrow the nbl blitz we'll dive into that with maddie campbell very shortly rugby world cup with toby dawson from 9 30 plenty of socceroos and football news to get into with jordan warren as well Pete, the perfect panel puncher from Putney, the hard-working hero from Hunters Hill. His random fact segment has such a following. He's out now delving his brain to come up with this week's random fact. We'll bang the gong thanks to Avcon. And this week, normally it's positive, but we're going a bit negative this week when it comes to the gong. Don't spoil it, Mitch. We'll get into that in a moment. So plenty 
to come stay with us for the next couple of hours but the Wollongong Golf Club under blue skies with the Pacific Ocean lapping at our heels. How good is the weather today? Oh, it's perfect. It's, I love this time of year because it's it's all warm. We're changing seasons, but we've still got the pointy end of the pointy end <laughs> of the footy season happening too. It's a fantastic time of year. It plays havoc with my sinuses every year, Matty. It must be the must oh. be all the years of footy and the and the boxing and the whatever else. The nose is all over the place. So this is always an adjustment period for the old sinuses, <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. Did you walk down from your harbour front mansion and have a dip this morning, Matt Campbell? Give us the, uh, Not on the, the water scooter. temperature. Uh, the water temperature is still a little bit cold, but yeah, what a fantastic day. Seriously, this it's is not summer. Cold. This I went is in yesterday. It's beautiful. It, it's, it's, it's beautiful in the water. If you're uh, not in the water today, you're on Australia. It's 19 degrees, so it's a little bit chilly. But I'm yeah. from the north coast, Matty, so I still say it's cold. I'm from the, I'm from the, the beautiful north coast of New South Dip Wales. Dip your toes in. And and it's, never no that, it's never this cold. There's no shark. You know they're going to put a wind farm out here, um, out to sea. I, I had images last night as I was laying in bed thinking about this show of the tankers uh, dodging the propeller-like spinning turbines that they come into Port Campbell and the cruise ships that are coming trying to dodge them. Yeah. Uh, wind turbines out to sea here. There you go. Oh, well, You on board for that? I'm absolutely on board. I'm all for the clean energy. You're not, clean energy. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I'll be further down the coast, maybe a little bit away from... Marimbula. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're Tasmania. a NIMBY. He's a NIMBY. Yeah. <laughs> not in my backyard. Put him off Tasmania. <laughs> Pretty soon. He lives close to the golf club. Pretty soon hit Matty Campbell, one of those people that submits on behalf of a community group saying they've got too much noise coming out of the golf club. <laughs> maybe you could, you could take aim from the golf club. Thank you, Dave. Take aim from the golf club towards the wind turbines. There's another target. Bit of fun after you've had a few beers on a Friday afternoon playing golf here. We are here thanks to the Wollongong Golf Club, our fantastic hosts. Also, Avcon, specialising in industrial and response projects. Find Ryan Burke and the team at avconprojects.com.au. Matty Campbell and the rest of us are proud to have an impact garage door, impacting homes for 20 years. And, of course, the Illawarra Mercury, our first port of call each morning to get up to date with the news, Mitch Jennings. But let's get into the real footy, what we saw last night at Amy Park, and this might set the scene. High drama. Controversy, Olin, Munster, kicks across field, here they come, Warbrick, what a catch, what a catch, what a try, Warbrick, first year of rugby league, may have put Melbourne through to the prelim final, is he from rugby union, is he from AFL, is he a high jumper, he may be all three. He's all of the above. Vossi at his brilliant best last night. Melbourne home at the death, 18-13. Essentially, the final play of the game. The Roosters looked home when they led 13-12, courtesy a Sam Walker field goal. The understrength but resilient Roosters looked set for an unlikely win. Enter Will Warbrick, who does come from a rugby union background, and strangely enough, in New Zealand played Australian rules last night right beside the MCG with the AFL uh, final unfolding. There's Will Warbrick taking a great grab, hanging on to it, which took some doing as well, and scoring the try. That was fantastic theatre, Geno. Absolutely. The specky, they call it, don't they? No, I thought it was fantastic. I saw a headline this morning when I was sort of perusing the headlines. NRL.com, I think it was. The brick with tries. I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Whoever came up with that, that's an absolute gem. But, yeah, talk about theatre, Matty, wasn't it? I, I don't think... You said they looked home. I don't think the Roosters looked home to me. I, still, I had this feeling that Melbourne were coming, but... You know, and then obviously they probably just some justice they got the try because they should have had the penalty next to the post. Absolutely, they, really in that. So they probably I mean, should have been leading this... 14, 14, 13, 13, see, whatever it was. 14, yeah, fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, getting in front, but you know because they got that, there you're, in the you're end. Referred to the Harry Grant, I am. Uh, 
contact from Sam Walker straight across the face. And and uh, Ash Klein says, play on. Bunker I think it's says, Lindsay Collins. <laughs> After the game, uh, Craig Bellamy actually said, if it's different rules in the finals, that's fine, just let us know. In yeah. reference to the fact that should have been a penalty. Maddie, what did you think? Or were you ensconced in your Carlton Blues still at that time? I was across it on the other <laughs> side. But, um, uh, yeah, I watched the highlights and I thought the same thing. I mean, you can't... I mean, we like to see football at finals level not decided by refereeing, but that was pretty clear. That was right across the scone. So let us know what you think on 0457-736-736. Tries to Tyron Wishart, of course, son of Rod Wishart, great friend of this show, one of uh, Illawarra's fantastic sports people, followed up by Marion Seve. And then uh, Brandon Smith scored for the Storm against... Uh, or scored for the Roosters against his former club, the Storm. Lindsay Collins surging over. And then Sam Walker kicked the field goal. So there was a lot to talk about. And a big talking point, obviously, was the uh, knock-on from Harry Grant that wasn't called by the officials. And then next set, uh, there's a try at the other end. And um, Craig Bellamy spoke about it. And we saw Trent Robinson speak about it as well. That should have been Roosters ball 10 or 20 out. Instead, Melbourne keep position possession and score at the other end I thought that Trent Robinson showered himself in glory the way he handled that post game taking the the higher stance and saying well we should be a better team to allow a team to essentially go the length of the field and score Uh, people make mistakes that's going to happen we've got to be a better team than letting those sort of calls affect us and he's just been kicked out of the comp Tell me how many coaches would have taken that approach, Mitch, after that call had gone against them. Yeah, they can surprise you at different times, at different coaches, the way they might react to something. I know I've gone into certain presses with Ricky Stewart expecting a blow-up and got something completely different, so you never really know. But like you said, Manny, we were, we were not debating, but sort of um, analysing the comments about, you know, we don't expect to get 50-50 calls at the Roosters. And, you know, some people might take that as a bit of a, bit of a whinge, but I think, as you put it, it was more... They're a side that tries to rise above needing right. 50-50s, which, you know, when you put it that way, I don't, you know, I, I don't disagree with that. So I think, but to me as well, Matty, I, I think on some level, I, I think Trent Robinson sort of realises they're probably a bit further than they should have been or could have been with where they where they were. So I, I, I don't know. If they'd stormed into the finals and they were a genuine title contender, everything we expected the Roosters to be, and a call like that went against them, I, I don't know if it'd be the same, he'd have the same reaction to it. It might be... Because you're thinking you've been gypped of a grand final, possibly a premiership. I don't think the Roosters are even in that frame. I think it's year, so I think the reaction played into that, Matty. Yeah, def- definitely. We've been talking about this for weeks on the show that uh, you know the Roosters were the team we're going. Are they going to make it? Are they not at one stage? So, yeah, I think they, they limped into the finals, and I think you're right on the back of just not being good enough throughout this year, um, especially with the disruptions they had from a group point of view. Uh, I thought they were excellent last night from the, from the highlights I saw. I thought the football they played was outstanding with the group they had. A lot to build on for next year for the Roosters. How do you score the Roosters season? Here they are in the second week of finals. Um, eight weeks ago, we didn't even have them playing finals. So uh, how do you look back on the Roosters 2023? Given that most people, no, not most people, some people had them as their grand final winners. Matty, I've spoken about this a lot in the past about the top eight system. I think the top eight system rewards mediocrity. I don't think it's... I, obviously, there's a top four. You'll have a top six. The, the teams that can get into those lower parts of the ladder can do it in any number of ways and coaches live and die by it you'll hear people say oh no he's he's made the finals and you've limped in I, I, I think there's always more than meets the eye not all top eight finishes are created equal and 
Oh, I tend to think I still have to see this season while the Roosters as a, as a failure and an abject one, probably. I mean, they found something late. They were starting to, to look good. They were getting better as it went on. But, I mean, it, you can say we maybe our expectations were, were too high to begin with, but I think with what that added and what they had, I, yeah, a hugely, hugely disappointing season. I think without South Sydney and perhaps the Cowboys and some other failures, we're talking about it even more because they've scraped into the finals and got themselves into week two. But that's what, that's what I mean about, I think, is what was informing Robbo's comments last night. I think he sort of realises that, mm. look, they're, 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 they were fortunate to be there. Next weekend, the core stadium, Friday night, in fact, Melbourne travel to play Penrith, Matt Campbell. Did you see enough from the storm last night to think that Craig Bellamy's men might be able to take down the Premiers in a prelim? Oh, I don't think so, no. I, I didn't see enough... Um and we saw that from Penrith early in the uh, in the finals piece. I think Penrith are just a well-oiled machine right now, and I think they'll roll over them. But I, I did like the fight that Melbourne showed, especially after getting whopped the week before. So I um, I think it'll be a good game up until half-time. I think after half-time, the Penrith machine will just roll over them. Here's a text from a bloke called Prickly Pete. G'day, fellas. Uh, why do we call them preliminary finals? Just call it what it is, a grand final qualifier. Sounds much better. Prelim final is an outdated term. Time to ditch it. I agree. It's a grand final qualifier. Preliminary is very hard to say when you're on television and radio, so we call them prelims. <laughs> yep. But I would like to call it just the grand final qualifier. But it's short. Prelims, nice and short, Matty. Grand final qualifier, you're getting into multiple. So are you going uh, to be up Crown Street with the placards try marching? Saying preliminary going Here comes the campaign. It'll be GF qualifier. Like we'll, we'll yeah, be able everyone to call it the GF, <laughs> the BFG. Not, not rugby league's biggest issue, but prelim final. Could we call them grand final qualifiers? Oh, it's, just, it's the same in the AFL. They had the semifinals last night. The semi-final in every other sport means you're going I'll, into a grand final. I'll use multiple, Matty, because I obviously work in the in the print media yep. sector, and we always try to avoid repetition in our stories. So that's why you'll see different descriptors of people. He, someone becomes a 22-year-old, someone becomes a father of three, someone beca- and prelim we don't. So I use both in multiple yeah. stories, Matty. I'll say a prelim grand final qualifier. I think. Uh, different strokes, mate. I like to avoid repetition too. I like to avoid repetition too. Uh, as we move on to another <laughs> text here. Hi, fellas. You mentioned the Group 7 Grand Final. I used to play in Group 6 many moons ago, and I'm wondering what happened to Group 6. Mitch Jennings, you got any news on that front? Oh, I do. What's happened with Group 6 is it's been, they've been... Um, oh, geez, I could talk about this actually for hours, no, Matty, just give as us I 30 have. Seconds, but what has happened out. is the uh, very good and I think very sound and successful merger with MacArthur, so the Campbelltown sort of area okay. merged together in what's a 10-team competition. A lot of players from Wollongong now heading that way to, to be in a good competition. It's working and it needs to happen here. Okay, so Group uh, 7 and Illawarra yes, need to come together. They do. Uh, a, a message here from Nick in Newcastle. Surprise, surprise. Nick says the Knights are going to be the first team to win the Premiership from outside the top four. Nick, after the break, we're going to talk about your Knights against uh, the Warriors. But before we get too far away from Will Warbrick and his heroics last night, first year of rugby league for Will at NRL level, as I mentioned, a, a varied sporting background. Who's your rookie of the year, man? And listen to the field. Jacob Preston, Sunia Taruva, Will Warbrick, who scored his 17th try of the season last night in year number one. Jareen Buller, who scooped the pool at the West Tigers presentation night. You can add to that discussion names like Lofie Khan, Pereira, Zach Hosking. There are a few others, but it is a great field for Rookie of the Year this year. If it's me, I'm just, I'm just leaning towards Jacob Preston for some reason. Playing in a tough position, unheralded 
at North Sydney. They snap him up and he's exceeded the wildest expectations in my mind. So I'd go Jacob Preston. Oh, to me, it's by the length of the straight dream Buller. I think okay. in that position in a struggling team, he was the X factor for them. Can in you be fullback, the which is the toughest position? Teams run last. I think you can. Absolutely. Especially when you're the best player on that team. <laughs> Matty Campbell's expression <laughs> yeah. tells a different story. But, hey, we had Lamello Ball in the NBL was a rookie of the year. And True. guess what? He was he was he was basically gifted that award before he started, okay. let's be honest. But that can happen. Have you got a rookie of the year, Matty? Oh, Warbrick for me. I think okay. just just because of that same reason, just a better team. I I'm, I go against the, the player on a good team. A winger, a, a a winger in a great team. team versus a fullback in a struggling <laughs> team who becomes the best player and sweeps the club award. You, you, just, he's mentioned, got the ball you just mentioned uh, Lamelo Ball. What's Jamal Murray been doing in the gong? Why isn't he on the show this morning? <laughs> and for listeners who don't know, he's a $30 million a year man at the Denver Nuggets, a great friend of Alex Volkanovsky. And uh, he's about to appear for the Illawarra Hawks in the Blitz. Is that right, Matty <laughs> Oh, I wish. He was here last year. We got to see him on the floor last year with the Illawarra Hawks just mucking around, of course. But, uh, yeah, back in town because he's hanging out with his good mate, Alex Volkanovsky. You know the Americans who come to Australia, invariably they hate the beach for some reason. Well, Jamal Murray's Canadian, we've got to say, okay, okay, well, to start well, with. Well, yeah. North America, then, put it that way. Uh, they don't like good the say. beach, do they? No, they don't. I it's wonder funny. if Jamal goes for a swim. Yeah, like uh, Lamello Ball and uh, the new kid, AJ Johnson, part of this next star program, both dip their feet into it. Um, they're starting to get their head underneath the water, which is <laughs> which is a good start. But absolutely scared, you know, the what, of the sharks. It's the sharks. It's the they sharks. think they're sharks everywhere out there. Sharks, That's the spiders, problem. snakes, crocodiles. Drop bears. Drop bears. They <laughs> just think it's all. You know, there was, a, there was a, I won't mention the names, but he's in the NBA now, played for the Cairns Taipans, took him out for a reef trip when he first arrived, spent the entire time on the boat, when the mates eventually pushed him in, he was on a noodle. He had a couple of noodles, wouldn't put his head under the water. He's on one of the seven wonders of the world. We had, um, we we used to have Hawkwood, the segment we used to do with the Mercury, and I've forgotten, it was a Delvin Johnson uh, import for the Hawks a couple of years back. We actually took him up to Symbio, and um, <laughs> he, so he was going to do, he was doing a live interview with me which to is camera. A, which is a sort of zoo for of people. Of course it is for people not familiar, him. and uh, Cody Ellis came up behind him with a, he was terrified of snakes, came up behind him with a python, <laughs> like this, oh man, you've never seen him, I've never seen a seven footer run that fast, it was incredible. I'll tell you the hardest part was padding the interview, because I, I, was, I, was, I was part of the sting, I'm doing the interview, I don't know how long it took him to get the python out of its enclosure, I was starting to ask him about how was Sweden, how was Finland when he played there, it was long padding, but yeah, it was, a, it was a hell of a scene. The Hawks are off to the NBL Blitz. They're leaving tomorrow. We'll sport, speak NBL with Matty Campbell later on. But time for a break. When we return, we're going to Auckland. We're going to Knights against the Warriors as the finals action continue in the NRL. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Bandwagoners out, this hardest team in town. Go Media Stadium's packed and the Jokers in the crowd. The Fox League crew and Bossy too. Games live on Sky. Run it from the back fence, then we send it out wide. SJ says, give me the ball. Egan passed along. Those training moves are breaking hooves with the ball bros on. TB bit up heavy. Mean day at the park. Want to know the rest? Hey, get to Mount Smart. Up the wires. Up the wires. Up the wires. 
Up the Waz indeed. Let it keep bubbling along underneath us. But that is a great song. Look it up. Type in Up the Waz into your search engine. There it is. It, it's it's a great song, a fantastic rendition. The reason we played that, obviously, because I'm looking forward to this game this afternoon more than more than most. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Mount Smart Stadium sold out again right on dusk in Auckland. There'll be a light show, packed crowd, and two fairy tale teams head-to-head. Warriors, Knights, before I get your thoughts, men, I'll give you a bit of breaking news. Sean Johnson set to play after progressing well through Friday's training. Dylan Walker stays on the bench, that means. So, Sean Johnson expected to play. But the Knights, they've lost Daniel Saifiti, who pulled out with a hamstring injury. So, Brody Jones added to the bench. We know that Adam Clune is in the halves. Dylan Lucas playing as well because Jackson Hastings and Lockie Fitzgibbon are out. Can the Knights keep this run going? Will the Warriors deliver in front of a Newcastle-type crowd, but at Mount Smart Stadium this time. I can't wait, Geno. I can't wait for it either, Matty. Oh, this is, it, you know, like you said, two fairy tale teams. One of it's going to end. I tend to think it'll be the Knights' uh, fairy tale that'll come to an end. I, I what is it, ten straight, Matty? That they've ten been on straight. this run. So it's, it's a long, straight. it's a long run to to maintain all the way through. I actually thought I saw signs of weariness last week against the, I thought the Raiders were en route to a, to an ambush, which they can pull off from the the bottom of the eight. And then, obviously, the, the Jack White and Bite sort of turned the whole game and, and the crowd got behind them and they, they got home in an absolutely thrilling game. But I guess everything that goes in that, it cost them on the injury front slightly. They've gone beyond the distance. They've had to play extra minutes. And the Warriors, basically, as much as they obviously just got absolutely carved up, I don't think it's taken much juice out of them. Sean Johnson was sort of on... We don't know how fit he's going to be, but he was sort of on ice. We said weeks ago, Matty, I said, you, you, you're going to beat Penrith once. You want it to be in the right game. I don't think... Warriors, I just don't think they go backwards too far after copying it, even that, though they copped a touch-up from Penrith in well, week one. Every expert, so-called Fox League expert I've spoken to this week, it said, how troubled are you about the Warriors lost to Penrith and by that margin? They said, not at all. Yeah, not at either. all. Just sweep the, it out the, the same. Pack. Don't care about that. We yep. still think they can beat Newcastle, go on a run. What happens today, Matty? Oh, I think Newcastle get up, to be honest. I, I think the pressure of uh, being at home uh, into the finals with the fairy tale, you know, background that both these teams have got, I think uh, Newcastle have got an opportunity to, to just have a free swing. They're not expected to win over there in New Zealand. Um, and it'll be a crazy crowd. I've been to Mount Smart before when it's been absolutely wild, and that is one cracking venue to be a part of. But I, I just like the way that the Knights have been playing football. And to get on a roll and get into finals, they've got a belief about them right now that I think they'll be able to carry through. It's going to be a cracking game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. But I just see the Knights just coming and finding something and just getting over the line. When you look at the lineups, I, I love the Warriors forward pack. For Nua Blake, Mitch Barnett, the props, Wade Egan, Hooker, the back row, Jackson Ford, Murata Niakore, Torhu Harris. I love the back five at Newcastle. Caelan Ponga, Dom Young, Dane Gagai, Bradman Best, Greg Marsu. Jesus, some points in that back five. But do they get the ball and opportunities that they've seen given that Warriors forward pack? Yeah, it's, and like you said, Saifidi is a big, a big out for them as well. Like, like you said, against that Warriors forward pack and just the way they've laid a platform. It's everyone's talked about the sort of superlative form of, of Sean Johnson all year, but it comes down to the platform that you lay for your halves. And the Warriors have been, you know, in the top handful all year in that regard. So Saifidi not being there is just another. It's another reason for me. I just think I lean towards the the Warriors over there. In our set of six coming up, I'm going to ask the athlete on the table about his history with calf injuries. Don't go there now, but. I'm haunted by Joey Manu 
at Cronulla when they rolled the dice with his hamstring and sure enough, bing, it went again. I wonder whether the same situation is going to unfold for Sean Johnson. You know, half an hour into the game, key moment. Oh, no, the calf's gone. Uh, let's see whether that unfolds. But atmosphere-wise, sellout after sellout after sellout. We know crowds are up 20% across the league. Newcastle has done a great job. And I think the crowd, the fans in New Zealand deserve equal praise. And we're not reading lots of stories over there. What the Warriors are doing, it's helping rugby league. It is. And it's helping rugby league combat... Um, rugby union. There were some scathing comments this week from Graham Lowe, who knows New Zealand rugby union and league very well. Absolutely sticking the boot into rugby union, the, the position it's in. So here's a real period of opportunity for rugby league in New Zealand. It is, and it's, it's almost like people realise that probably in New Zealand, like you said, rugby the, the sort of dominant um, sport over in New Zealand, but it was almost like once rugby league dropped off the map over there through COVID, they were over here, people realised how important it is and how much they love having it there in New Zealand, it's almost like once it was taken away, they realised how important it is. So when it's gone back to New Zealand, they've just embraced it so wholeheartedly. It's been fantastic, Matty. The, the game they experience, they create. We always talk about that. The way they run out, the lights, and I think it's just brilliant what they've done over there. And credit, credit to them, credit to the club, credit to the fans for, for flocking back. Absolutely. We've got a lot more rugby league to come. Don't forget tonight, Warriors against... Newcastle, it's on Fox League from 3pm coverage, 4.05 kickoff. It will be fantastic. Don't miss it. Fox League this afternoon. The news, then we're back with Tim Burrow talking much more sport. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Moving on a Saturday morning, nothing will. Tina's Tina Turner's proud Mary. I can listen to that all day. This is Saturdays in the Gong. Matt Russell, Mitch Jennings, Matt Campbell, and now joined by the Illawarra Mercury's sports editor, co-host of this award-winning show, and wannabe Bulldogs consultant Tim Barrow. Tim, Tina, the musical announced as the grand final NRL entertainment. That's the best decision in the world. Surely you're on board with that. Well, I've got an idea for it, right? So the first three lines of We Don't Need Another Hero are out of the ruins, out of the wreckage, can't make the same mistake this time. And so I thought what we could do is instead of having retiring players, we could have NRL players who have just disgraced themselves or been caught up in scandal and just parade them around the, uh, parade them around the ground so we don't oh. need another hero. Baz, that would be, that would be like ba- the teams entering for the Olympics. <laughs> you can do it like they do in the AFL with the back of the sports cars just sitting there waving. You can have Val Holmes there just waving. Okay, well, I'll go back to Baz. Who would you have leading that parade? Who would lead the disgraced NRL parade? Oh, right, now we're getting into territory. Well, there's a few others that probably couldn't appear for uh, incarceration <laughs> reasons, but um, I, I, Jeno's probably stolen the thunder there. I mean, Val Holmes would have to be uh, the number one ticket holder at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he'd be he'd be up there. G'day, Val, if you if you're listening this morning, I've got another idea. Why don't we? Obviously, we're going to wheel out the best. Uh, what you get is what you see. They those two have to be played, right? But what else should be on Tina the musical, the playlist as part of this grand final entertainment? I am moving that we set a world record for 
the Nutbush. Have a listen to this. Imagine this being belted out with 80,000 fans standing in their seats doing this, Matty Campbell. Come on. Move. I would turn it up. Move with me. <laughs> That would be a For world people, record. I know, you're listening. Matty Campbell is on his feet. He is toe-tapping. He is going. I'm telling you, I've been to that many weddings when they play this song and I walk out the door. Well, you know what? This is the it's worst a, song ever. You can subtly check out every woman at the function when you spin around without anybody knowing. Jeno told me that. But yeah. Straight to the Baz, bar. are you on board with the world record nutbush? I tell you what, I've done the nutbush a couple of times at Wagga League Club back in the day. It was a bit of a cult <laughs> thing to do with... Uh, Around around midnight on the dance floor, so I uh, one of my secret shades. Okay, now stay with us, Baz, because we've got a set of six. I'm going to go around the table and ask each each of you an individual question. Matthew Campbell, mm-hmm. the pro athlete in this group, have you ever suffered a calf injury? And if so, how hindered will Sean Johnson be this afternoon? I oh, look, they wouldn't play him unless they thought he was 100. percent So I think he'll go out there um, and and be great. But what you said earlier, as you get towards the twilight of your career, that is a muscle that goes a lot with athletes. So it, it, it could be one or two. He'll either play out and be absolutely 100% or he'll break. What muscle went on you the most back end of career? It was the calf, funny enough. Calf and groins were the two biggest injuries that I had towards the back end, soft tissue-wise. Geno. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Geno, three elimination finals so far in the NRL. The total margin across those three games, six points. One point, two point, and last night, well, last week, three points. Close or not at Mount Smart? Oh, close. Oh, I think close. I reckon four to, four to six, definitely. Four, two, oh, one. It'll be in that. It'll be <laughs> in that. Golden point. Get the gist. Six or less. It's close. Uh, Tim Burrow, the last coach to win Dallium Coach of the Year and Premiership in the same season, was Craig Bellamy in 2017. Ivan hasn't won Coach of the Year over the last couple of years when they've won the Grand Final. So, will it happen this year? Will the Coach of the Year also be the Premiership winning coach? Look into your crystal ball. Yeah, I'm a little bit, Natalie and Brulia, I'm a little bit torn here because I think Andrew Webster's the coach of the year in terms of what he's done. But they probably have to win today because if they go out in straight sets, it's a bit of a flat ending. I mean, you just, you can't, there's nothing to knock about Ivan Cleary. It's phenomenal what Penrith have done and there's no signs of slowing down. So, I mean, Kevin Walters is in that conversation as well, isn't he? So... Uh, I, I, my leaning is to Andrew Webster, but if they lose today, it probably has to be Cleary. I think Andrew Webster's done a fantastic job, but my coach of the year would be Ivan Cleary. You're not meant to win or be in contention for three straight premierships in the current climate, and he is, having handled a lot. Matt Campbell, should Penrith against Melbourne on Friday night be at a core stadium like it is, at Combank Stadium just up the road, or at Allianz Stadium smack bang in the middle of Sydney? Oh, you've got to go to the biggest venue. Look, we're starting to get to the pointy end of town right now. So, like we saw the AFL last night, 96,000 people. Mm. Come on, Sydney, get by behind it, get out there, let's get the biggest crowd. Okay, Melbourne travelling fans maybe not a big contingent from the Storm do the, do the Panthers get 40 50,000? Uh, I don't think so I, that's I, why, I, I, of course they have, I, I reckon either of the other two options you said Matty, Comeback's fantastic Okay. And it's at Penrith. It's out that way. I'd say Comeback if I had my choice. Jenna, with with regards to this afternoon's game, which team is most likely to be able to stretch Brisbane at Suncorp? Newcastle or the Warriors? The Warriors for me, fresh, fresher, Johnson's fitness. But like I said, the Knights are already showing signs of weariness. Even if they can get through today, which they can do, I reckon they get blown out by the Broncos. Okay, Tim Barrow, the Bulldog. 
who has a better 2024? Blake Wilson, who the Bulldogs have kept, or Paul Alamotti, who you've lost to Penrith? Yeah, Alamotti, they put a lot of faith in Alamotti, and he it just, I mean, it, he wasn't terrible, but he just just didn't really have that edge. I'm a huge fan of Blake Wilson. I think with Jacob Preston, he's been a real standout for the Bulldogs in the tough season. So I'm excited. The one I'm disappointed with is losing Avarillo. If we're going to lose Alamotti, I would I hope the Bulldogs would have kept Avarillo. Okay. And if listeners are wondering what's going on here, as I drove in, plenty of walkers and bike riders working on their summer body. There's a few gents here at Wollongong Golf Club working on their summer body and uh, <laughs> it's not going to look good in Lycra, is it, Mitch? No. Yeah, uh, <laughs> As lycra. the schooners go I'm down anti, the hatch. I'm anti-Lycra, but hey, people in glass houses. <laughs> now, let, people in glass houses. Let's, uh, let's go to Making the Mercury. I think our maestro has a special scene setter for Making the Mercury, the typewriter being bashed away. Uh, Dave, have you got that here? It is. So, Tim Barrow, sports editor, Illawarra Mercury, what do you got for us when it comes to making the mercury this week well it was actually going to be my bang the gong i was going to give a shout out to uh to shell harbour in the district league they're destined for promotion to the illawarra premier league they've been a bit of a powerhouse of a merger with shell cove this year and um yeah shout out to, to yanni sekulowski and the team there they play the the grand final today they're at Wynn stadium so, uh, yeah, good luck to them against Fernhill. Hopefully they get the uh, the double done. That's a good bang the gong, thanks to Avcon. Uh, Tim Barrow first out of the blocks. I've got a bang the gong this week. Yep, there it is. Thank you, Maestro. And normally it's something good about the gong, but I've got something bad about the gong this week. They're doing the roads in Fig Tree where I live. They're repaving them, which is great, but they're doing it in patches. So if you've got all the machinery there and all the equipment, why not just do the whole road rather than sections of it, which means it is now rougher than it was beforehand. Help me understand that, Geno. So you're saying it's like a chessboard? It's like a chessboard. If you're going to retar the road, do the whole bloody road, not patches of it. Well, there you go, Matty. I live out at Don Barton where there's a million people who haven't done the roads out there. (laughs) So if you've got any work going on the road near your house, Matty, I think you've got to be grateful for it, grateful for scraps. Have you got to bang the gong when it comes to Avcon regarding a sculpture? Yeah, I'm going to bang the gong. I've got two. One, I've got to say, get to the steel timber timber games today over at Belmore Basin. The, the timber cutting, the wood chopping, the all stuff. That's going to be a great day at a great location. But, mate, I can't get on board with this this sculpture. The Scott, this eighty thousand dollars sculpture we've got to commemorate or to to whatever they're going to call it. The the UCI. World, World Cycling Championship. Championships. Now, I was all about me. I said there was too many negative Nancys about the cycling. I thought it was fantastic. I thought that last day. It was, I'm glad we had the event. It was fantastic. But we've already got enough of a legacy with these bloody bike oh. bike paths. I'm, I'm yet to see a cyclist on one, Matty, in all my time now <laughs> with the you. CBD. I'm, I'm yet to see a cyclist oh, on one. Absolutely. And now we're spending 80k. Yet I drive around for three hours trying to find a park because of the bike lanes. Well, exactly. So the bike lanes, that's what we got. So I'm banging that it's a negative on that. Why are we spending 80k we've given it on, a, on a sculpture to commemorate something that. We're giving it to the wind you know, farm, yeah. the sculpture. The roads, what do you got for oh, us? Look, I'm, banging, I'm banging the gong on the Blue Mile itself. I'm absolutely loving... Positive, that's like, what we I like. am loving like the Illawarra and Wollongong right now. When you can walk along the actual f- the shore of the beach and you can walk for, th- for four or five kilometres and just the pristine beaches that Illawarra has, it's unbelievable. So that's my gong. And you know what? That's where you see the cyclists on the Blue Mile where you're meant to be walking, not on the bike lanes. Anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, Tim Barrow, when it comes to Baz's best today, I, I can't gloss past spring. 
spring racing too quickly. What, what have you got for us today as we look for a winner? Yeah, good racing today. The issue is, is the rail is out seven from the 1,000 metre mark. So they're obviously protecting the track heading towards the Everest. So might be if going you're to put a bike lane today, in make sure you do... <laughs> yeah, well, they might, several. Um, <laughs> I just, just if you're punting today, do your speed maps before you dive in. Uh, I've got a couple. Um, I, I like Tis Invincible, race six in the T-rows. Um I'm not declaring it. I think if Think It Over is ever going to win at a mile in a big race like this, um, the seven stakes up against Fangirl and Zaki, obviously, but we'll get a lot of favours today with that rail out. So we'll go horribly close, but probably needs to get out to the 2000. And um, race nine, the Bill Ritchie's fascinating. Enter against um, Tamerlane and Converge with um, Kembla's own Cuban Royale in the race as well. So... Yeah, some cracking racing, but, yeah, make sure you do your speed maps first. Baz, we'll have you back on the desk in no time at all. Enjoy your Saturday and what is a fantastic day in the Illawarra. Good on you, mate. Go well, lads. Tim Barrow joining us after the break. Matt Campbell's going to delve into some NBL with the Blitz signalling the start of the season this weekend. Stay with us. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. He played to kill and he did. Matt Campbell, Hawks great. Let's talk some hoops. I love any excuse to play Akadaka's shoot to thrill. Will the Hawks be doing that during the Blitz? How are they looking? Yeah, yeah, coming along really well. It's obviously pre-season. We're only two weeks away from the start. Um, and, yeah, we're coming along. We're doing what we have to do. Um, really exciting season this is going to be. It's interesting to see how the Sydney Kings are going to go this year. A uh, couple of little injuries uh, behind the scenes at the, in their group. Um, well, interesting to see how deep they are from that point of view. But, yeah, like a lot of interest. Got the NBA guys coming out for this blitz uh, next week. So it's, it's, a real, it's a real buzz about the NBL this year. It's on the Gold Coast. I was staggered at the amount of NBA clubs sending scouts out there. Your season starts September 30 here at home, Win Entertainment Centre against the Sydney Kings, the rivalry. Did I read there's a new floor, a brand spanking new floor at Win Entertainment Centre? So... I reckon there's going to be boisterous crowds, big crowds this season, new floor, good team, great season ahead. Yeah, look, and, and look and I think fans want to see a competitive team. So that's I think we've been able to put forward a list that's going to be competitive. Now, obviously, we have to see how they come together and, and whether they'll uh, be able to gel and, and give us some wins. But, you know, there, there's also building platforms. We've got some really good young talent this year as well that are on multi-year deals. And I think... As a fan, I think you can see people starting to get excited about what maybe this year we'll have, but also like what the next few years look like for the Hawks. Matty, I've got a, this is a think piece for you, and it's without notice. What caught my eye over the last day and a half order was Josh Giddy and the column about the rules and how we should how we should change it. Now, to me, I read it. If I want to summarise it, it was like we should just make it the NBA. We should have the, the bigger court. We should have the six personal fouls. We should have the three seconds in the key, Matty. I want to know what your thoughts on it are because I'm I'm anti that and it's 
I'm one of these people too. I, there's a bit of a cultural cringe. I know I know we want to aspire to the NBA. We love seeing players there. But I think the NBL, we try too often to be NBA light. I reckon if we change the rules to that sort of degree, we end up being another G League. I don't want to see the NBL. Yes, we're a pathway to the NBA, and that's fantastic. I would hate to see the NBL become another G League, essentially, and have it as that pathway. And I really like the FIBA rules. I like that our league's a physical league, that you, you get bashed up on the way to the to the basket. I, I think it's got its own product. I like it how it is, Matty. I, I wonder what your thoughts though are on those on those suggestions. Well, interesting. Changes. So, because back in the '90s when basketball was massive in Australia, we were a 48-minute game. FIBA rules is now uh, we're we're playing under FIBA rules, which is a 40-minute game. So, reduces the amount of points that you score, re reduces the stars you have in the game because people are looking at instead of averaging 20 points a game, you're averaging 30 points a game back in those days. And when the game was really big, so from my point of view, I'd like us to, to go back to some of those rules that emulate the NBA. But I, I, I disagree with the, the help side rules and bits and pieces. But, I mean, the product we've got at the moment is outstanding, no doubt. And it was designed to be successful at FIBA and World Championships. Now, we've seen that. We've, we're now a bronze medalist in the last Olympics. We didn't go so well just in the World Cup, just currently just gone. Um, but we're leading into another Olympics next year. Now, if we fail at the Olympics, I'm all for changing the rules and let's go directly like the NBA. As it currently stands, we're attracting next star's players aiming to go to the NBA. Alex Saar, tipped to go top five next year. AJ Johnson is the Illawarra Hawks' next star. Alex Tui at the Kings, the next star. We're going to break when we come back. Pete, the perfect panel puncher and his world-famous facts. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. of life indeed. Pete, the perfect panel punch from Putney, a loyal part of this show since day one. Always brings a random fact. We thought we'd put them to air. Hit us up, Pete. Okay, thanks, Matty. I've scouted pretty wide for today's fact. Um, when the Beatles recorded at Abbey Road way back in the late mm. 60s, Abbey Road is in St John's Wood in London, uh, and there was a bunch of fans used to hang around outside the studio. I got to know the band on first name terms. A couple of them used to actually walk Paul's dog. Paul lived in nearby St John's Wood in Cavendish Place. And one day when the Beatles were in the studio, a couple of the fans went round to Paul's house and broke in. Got a ladder, put it up against the wall and climbed in through the bathroom window. Right? Yeah. Which Paul later gave that title. That song she came in through the bathroom window. And then he got the stuff back that they pinched. Um, but the tenuous sporting link to this is Cavendish Place is a dead-end street. And at the end of the dead-end street is Lord's Cricket Ground, which is also in St John's Wood. There you go, There you Pete's go. Well, random so fact. through, didn't he? Lords, the, the Beatles, break-ins. Oh, I love it. We're Ashton through it like going down a sideline. Ashton Sims isn't far away. He'll talk to us about Group 7. Jordan Warren talking football. Toby Dawson World Cup up next in Sydney. It's the Mowers Club. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Saturday, 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 
morning in the gong. We launch into the second hour. Saturdays in the gong brought to you by Wollongong Golf Club, Impact Garage Doors, the Illawarra Mercury and Avcon, specialising in industrial and response projects. Hit avconprojects.com.au up. Ryan Burke and the team do a fantastic job out of Kyam. Matt Russell alongside Mitch Jennings. Matt Campbell has had to bail, so we bring in an even more special guest. Good friend of the show. Great bloke. Ashton Sims, good morning to you on Group 7 Grand Final Weekend. Gentlemen, 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 thank you for having me. I don't know, I, I shouldn't say this on, on uh, radio, but I don't think I smiled this much on my wedding day. We're one week <laughs> away from, from the South Coast Group 7, Norellan Pools uh, Rugby League Grand Final. Uh, I'm sit, currently sitting here at Chittick Oval here in Kaima. We've got Group 7 versus Illawarra Steelers in the junior rep system. We've got the, I think it's the national titles body surfing competition next to me. I tell you what, mate, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know what Utopia looks like, but I'm pretty sure it's this. Well, Ashton, I reckon we've got a song here, Park, that will put you in the mood for this weekend even more. So, Maestro Dave, when it comes to a song we often play on this show, let's give it another whirl. Have you got it there, my friend? Oh, Ashton, does that put you in an even better mood hearing that song? John Simon, Rod Wishart, uh, Craig Simon, David Walsh, some of the greats. Some of the greats are run out to that, my friend. It's uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it brings back a lot of good memories. Ashton, I'm looking on the uh, New South Wales Rugby League site, a story here by Jeff Hansen. The Jeringong Lions will look to add to their competition record 20 Group 7 premierships on Sunday, so tomorrow, by taking on the Shell Harbour Sharks in the grand final at Albion Park Centenary Field. You mentioned, before we get to that, before we get to that, you've mentioned Narell and Pools. I love the fact that um, corporate Australia backs group rugby league is it just norell and pools we need to give a plug to or are there other sponsors you want to wrap on this show oh no certainly look norell and pools are our naming rights sponsor of our senior rugby league competition but we've also got Ramondas uh and better beer uh, the lads at that's always beer good have, uh, have tipped in a, a fair bit of yeah a fair bit of collateral there too and look it's to ensure that we can reinvest back into our competition at the end of the day uh, we are a yeah you know we are a uh, we are South Coast Group Seven Rugby League and and we do rely on on those sponsorships on on those on the generosity from those kind of companies to ensure that you know we implement strategies programs and actions to uh, to make Group Seven a real benchmark rugby league competition across New South Wales and you know that's one thing you know are we there yet absolutely not but are we putting in elements actions to ensure that we try and attain that goal absolutely uh, and that's why I'm so glad to. Uh, to be the, the South Coast Group 7 Rugby League Football Operations Manager and have a, have a good junior and senior board of directors who believe in what we're trying to do here and, and are running in line with our strategic plan. Ashton, we will get to more Group 7 in a minute, mate, but I want to get your thoughts on something because it's an interesting... I think your, your opinion on this would be very, very interesting because we've got Newcastle going, obviously, to take on the Warriors. They've gone into fifth spot. They've had the big home final. Now they need to get up, having been on a run. And I looked back at your career, mate, obviously, and in 2014, the Cowboys obviously running 10th out of finals contention through round 20. You went on a you went on a run. You finished 5th. You beat the Broncos up there at Townsville, which is another one-team rugby league mad city, and then had to get up for another week. Yep. Mate, can you give me an insight into what that was like and what you expect Newcastle to have to try to navigate? Give us a, uh, an insight into that. Yeah, look, 
Yeah, Jeno, look, it was a real dream run there in 2014. We just went on this incredible tear right late in the season. And, um, you know, God bless him, Paul Green. He, mate, he, The one thing I love about Paul Green, and if I get choked up here, I apologise, he was a real mentor to us and mentor to the whole group. He, under, he gave you an understanding of what your job was and going out and execute it to the best of your ability. And that's what he did. He was a, he was a great man manager. He knew how to get people up for a game. And look, what he used to say is, look, I'm not asking you to go out there and go outside of your ability. What I ask you to go out there is do what you go to your play to your strengths and do and execute it as best as your ability. Um, and that's what we did. And we went on a nice little run there. We beat the Broncos up at uh, up at Townsville, up at Old Dairy Farm Stadium there. And um, unfortunately, we fell short the following week under ah uh, look at uh, yeah uh, yeah under some circumstances. But at the end of the day, that was you know that sort of laid the foundation. Um, for yeah, for the Cowboys in the future, and I know uh, I left that year in 2014, and then they won it the year after. So I think I did them a favour by cutting a little bit of dead wood. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Come on, Ashton. Come on, mate. Well, you mentioned you mentioned um, Paul Green. God rest his soul. That the coaches today are making some noise as well, aren't they? Andrew Webster, Adam O'Brien. Just give us your thoughts on Warriors yep. hosting Newcastle. Who? who which fairy tale team is is still writing chapters after today? Well, that's the yeah, that's the big one, isn't it? The boys from the Steel City, uh, they've gone on a big tear now. I think they're on nine or ten games in a row. And let's be honest, it's, they're everyone's second favourite team, the New Zealand Warriors. Um, you know, everyone wants to see them do well, especially with all the all the adversity they've had to face over the last sort of two to three years with COVID and staying away and being away from family and friends. And I just think they're both playing a really exciting brand of footy. Uh, and what I do like about the Warriors too, they've got a real resolve in defence, uh, which is something that's not really synonymous with the New Zealand Warriors in the past. And uh, but they've, you know, they've they've got guys in there who are just really stout, strong defenders. So I expect this game to be an absolute cracker, like it was last night. I thought last night's game was, you know, that was that's why NRL is the pinnacle in in rugby league. Um, you know, that comp- the, the competition at the moment is thriving off the back of you know. Uh, uh, implementations off the field, which ensures that on-the-field product is such a good product for people to go attend, watch and support. Ashton, obviously we know you had a dog in the fight last night, and it's obviously a no no, uh, no uh, question marks over who the, the Sims clan will be backing through the finals, obviously with uh, with Tarek there at the Storm, but what do you make of uh, the monumental task they're going to face in, in coming up and, uh, and taking on this all-conquering uh, Penrith side? Yeah, look, that Penrith side is something else, aren't they? They lost a few players in the off-season, not just a few players, some really well-known uh, players there, but they just keep promoting their juniors. And that's, a, such, a, that's such an important part of, of rugby league at any club at any level is continue to promote your juniors, continue to reinvest in your grassroots because as we've seen, you know, Gus Gould, a lot of people say a lot of things about Gus Gould, but he had that five-year strategic plan of the academy and it took seven years, but now look at it. You know what I mean? They've got guys who are just going through that, um, you know, they're cutting mould out of that Penrith Panthers Academy. And, you know, they go into they go into first grade. And it's one of those mentalities where it doesn't matter who plays. You know, you wear that you wear that Penrith Panthers jersey, you wear it with pride and you uphold the values of what that team and what that club's built on. Uh, so it's going to be a tough task next week. But, you know, Craig Bellamy, this is why he's probably arguably the greatest coach of the modern era in NRL. Now, he'll get his troops up. He'll understand a few of the weaknesses that Penrith may have and try and exploit them to the best of his ability, but just continually, relentlessly uh, go after him. And 
you can't go up there and try and contain Penrith. You've got to fight fire with fire, and that's what I'm sure they'll be looking to do. Ashton, a year really hard work from yourself reaches its culmination tomorrow. Centenary Field, Jeringong against Shell Harbour. I was lucky enough to host the Dragons medal night a fortnight ago, and the Clubman of the Year was so popular, it was Scotty Stewart, who's been at St George Illawarra in multiple roles for 20 years. He's also coaching the Jeringong line, so it could be a big year for Scott Stewart if his team delivers. Give us your thoughts on Scotty Stewart, the Jeringong Lions, and the Shell Harbour Sharks. Yeah, look, firstly, I just, want to, I just want to say that, you know, all the good work that gets done here in Group 7 is, is certainly just not me. Uh, I've got, a, like I said, I've got a junior and senior board of directors who, um, you know, they have to sign off and, and, and agree on things that I come up with, things that I've seen work uh, in, at a professional level and also at a grassroots level. Am I going to get everything right? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, I'm going to get some things wrong. I've, I've got some things wrong in the past two and a half years I've been in the job. But what I will say is, you know, I'm, I'm fully committed um, to help to ensure in Group 7, um, you know, is a... Yeah, is is a, is a is the development, the growth, the viability, the sustainability of the competition is at the forefront. Uh, but also with Scotty Stewart, look, I go back a long way with Scotty Stewart. He uh, he used to babysit me when I was about five, six years old. When we we actually used to live at Jaroa, yes, uh, at Headland Drive down there in Jaroa. That would have been so a I've task. Been in the family for a long time. It was a yeah, it was a tough one, especially when Tariq come along. He was an absolute rat bag kid. But um, <laughs> look, at the end of the at the end of the day, it's. Um, you know, it's going to be a great clash there tomorrow. And don't don't anyone um, uh, uh, count out Shell Harbour Sharks. I'm telling you right now, they're on a uh, you know they're on a nice little uh, rich vein of form. And I know Abbott Atala and uh, and the, the whole coaching staff will get them up for this game tomorrow. It's going to be warm. Uh, it's going to be hot. It doesn't look like there's too much breeze. Uh, you know, those middle forwards are going to be having to work hard. And and that's where you know your outside backs and your halves and hookers, your spine can really exploit that that through the middle and. Uh, I think it's going to be, mate. I don't think I know it's going to be a great game tomorrow. I was there, obviously, last week at the uh, Shell Harbour Derby. They went into nine. It was two golden point periods. I know you were there as well, Ashton. And I thought Shell Harbour have had to do it the hard way. They've really had to battle to get where they are. But I guess you can get a jolt of energy, can't you, when you realise it's all... For a team like that that's been on the run that you you mentioned with Shell Harbour, I guess the hard part probably was getting there. You can imagine uh, the the reserves will get that boost and we're going to see a belter. Oh, absolutely, mate. Look, if you're not up for it at this time of year, you've got to check your pulse and you've got to make you've got to reevaluate if you yeah, if you really want to be there. I know that Shell Harbour side. Look, they've got guys like Ryan James, uh, Josh Starling, uh, Dante Eferimo, uh, you know Emmanuel Sultana. Uh, like guys there who have been there before, who have won competitions, who have played on the biggest stage. Uh, like, you know Josh Starling in the NRL, and uh, they'll be up for it, mate. They'll be absolutely up for it. They've got a hooker, Brody Riggs, who he's, he's absolutely lightning out of out of dummy half. So he'll be trying to look to you know change a little bit of direction there for the big Jeringong forward, tire him out, and look to use some of their speed out wide in you know, Jacob Seabrook and, and Jai Brooker. Uh, we look forward to it. You're, you're right to mention the heat. It's going to be about 30 degrees, if not more than that, tomorrow. Ashton, tell us about kickoff times and anything that people need to know. Because tomorrow the NRL yep. finals are over. It's a free day, so if, you, if you're craving some more rugby league on a nice sunny day, Centenary Field is the place to be. Fill in the gaps for us. What times kickoff? What about the lower grades? What can people look so, forward to as part of Grand Final Day? Absolutely, mate. Look, you put the you hit the nail right on the head there. It's uh, it's going to be a great day out there at Centenary Field, Croom Road. First grade kicks off at three o'clock. Uh, reserve grade kickoff at one o'clock. 
Uh, so that's Geringon. That's going to be Geringon versus Kaima, local uh, local rivals, steeped in you know steeped in bitterness and 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 a res- and a respectful, healthy uh, bitterness there. Uh, Geringon uh, are also playing the Warilla Gorillas in the under 18s which at 11:15, which is going to be a huge one. Uh, and one that we're really proud of mate, is uh, is our first ever Open Women's Tackle Grand Final. Look. The women's game and the female game is going from strength to strength all across New South Wales, but it, it definitely has taken a big spike here in the Group 7. Uh, and look, we're, we're fully committed to ensuring its growth, its sustainability uh, for the future because I'm sitting here right now, I'm watching the under-16 uh, Group 7 Bulls girls warming up and the, the Illawarra Steelers girls warming up in the background. And I'm telling you right now, mate, the amount, of, um, the amount of people that are here already to watch this game and the skill on show is going to be something special. So we're really proud of having this open women's tackle tomorrow, kicking off at 10 o'clock to start the day. I imagine the the women's game, Ashton, will be very close to your heart because we all know, obviously, Sister Rue, not just a, an all-time great of, uh, of the game, but also was probably a pioneer at a time when it didn't have the support and didn't have the coverage that it gets now and really had to carry the game over that line. Uh, it must be close to your heart in that regard, just given everything Rue has done and continues to do for, for women's footy. Yeah, look, it does, mate. But what it also shows and what it also does is that our sport of rugby league is for everyone. Man, woman, child, um, you know, even, even disability rugby league, we're, we're here for it. Uh, and I understand how important sport play, the role sport plays in people's lives. Look, I'm not going to go too far into it, but growing up in Jerringong, I know everyone thinks of Jerringong as this beautiful coastal town where, all the, where a lot of rich people are now. But 20 years ago when we were growing up, or 25 years ago, 30 years ago when we were growing up there, mate, it, it was certainly not what it is now. Uh, look, times were tough growing up. Funds were tight. Uh, living situations was was uh, was a little bit scarce. But I can tell you right now, sport was the one thing, and rugby league was the one thing that me and my brothers and sisters and my parents uh, drilled into us to, to stay involved in. And, you know, I can't thank my parents enough for the values, the morals, the ethics that they've instilled into us and what sport does uh, for people like that. I have, you know, I had heroes growing up in, on the NRL, and you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of my big heroes growing up as well, and so was the Undertaker and Triple H. But the one, <laughs> my, my biggest heroes, <laughs> my biggest heroes, was the ones that uh, played for Jerringong. I played senior league for Jerringong, um, and you know, Rod Wishart, Mick Cronin, these guys, the guys who I could go up there, talk to, shake hands with, they were the ones who inspired me to. Um, uh, to, to continue this, that, continue my route in rugby league, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, I can help inspire some other kids uh, and to enjoy this great game as well. well. Ashton, you're part of a fantastic family. I bumped into Ruan last week at Shark Park. Great to have a chat with her. I enjoyed watching Tarek last night. Corbin, part of that. Mum and Dad have done a, a great job. Thank you for your work and, and your team's work. I know you don't take all the credit. There's a team there making sure Group Seven uh, provides for country rugby league and rugby league as a whole, like it does tomorrow. Jerringong, Shell Harbour, Centenary Field. Always great to chat, Ashton. I hope you have some time to relax in the off season. Thanks for being on Saturdays in the Gong. Can't wait. Can't wait for Good tomorrow. You, There's always a, your name will be at the gate, lads. And Jeno, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll charge you double again like last week too, buddy. <laughs> Just keep, keep him off the beer. Just beers. give me the better beer. Get me keep the better him, beer and I'll be happy with you. Ashton <laughs> Sims, thank you, mate. I'll have any beers, mate. I'm not choosy. Uh, very good, very good. Ashton Sims reporting live from the sun-soaked south coast today. Jeno, we, we say goodbye to Ashton, but I'll get a tip from you. Jerringong against Shell Harbour. What way are you leading in this Group 7 decider? 
I'm going to lean towards Gerringong just on the path. I think a bit like we were talking about with yeah. Newcastle and the run. Shell Harbour have had to do it the hard way. They've got some reinforcements. They had some missing last week. So they'll get bolstered. But I tend to lean just the path they've taken, just being a bit weary, especially where they played 94 minutes or whatever it was last week, heading into what's going to be a 30-degree day. I just think the from the jump, there's just a few too many things stacked in Gerringong's favour for me to tip against them. Big grand final weekend with Illawarra Premier League football or soccer, call it what you will, also reaching a crescendo this weekend. After the break, Jordan Warren's going to break it down with us. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, Proud Mary, we played it earlier on and liked it so much we thought we'd bring Tina back. Proud Mary becomes Proud Ange as we welcome our football expert, Jordan Warren. Jordan, good morning. Ange Postacoglu, Coach of the Month. What an achievement. Yeah, morning, boys. What a sensational uh, day yesterday it was for Ange Postacoglu. Of course, you've seen him as the Tottenham coach in the Illawarra Premier League, strutting his stuff early on. Tottenham been playing some great football. Of course, he had to get rid of, or didn't have to, Harry Kane, his talismanic striker, went on to Bayern Munich, so it could have been a bit of trouble for Ange, but um, it's been no it's been no trouble at all for him. He, he's uh, got Tottenham playing the football he wants to play in early days, and of course, we've seen him strutting his stuff in the A-League for Brisbane Roar and Melbourne Victory, and of course, the Socceroos, and, and then most recently at Celtic, and yeah, he's just kicking on it at Tottenham Hotspur, and now he's rubbing shoulders with the likes of Pep Guardiola. So good on, good on Ange. Great story, Ange Postacoglu. We'll follow him closely. You mentioned his former team, the Socceroos, 2-2 against Mexico last week. It was 2-0 in favour of the Socceroos before they conceded late. Next up, England at Wembley, October 14, not far away. That'll be interesting. Headed towards World Cup qualifiers, of course, after that. But Socceroos against Mexico with a view to England. What are your thoughts, Jordan? Yeah, I thought the Socceroos were really comfortable, Matty, especially in that first half. I thought that, of course, uh, the Socceroos went 2-0 up in that, but in that first half, they absorbed a lot of pressure from Mexico. Of course, the game was played in Dallas in the USA, and there was a lot of Mexican fans in the stands, and it was a pretty hostile crowd, but the Socceroos soaked up that pressure quite well. We saw that a lot under Graham Arnold at the recent World Cup in Qatar, that they were able to soak up pressure and hit on the counter, and that's what we saw again. And, and going 2-0 up against Mexico is no mean feat, of course. I'm pretty sure they're world number 12 in the world, um, of course, the Socceroos are around that world number 20 or, uh, 20 or 30, something along those lines. But, of course, Mexico are a sensational opposition with a number of high-quality players. And, and the fact that it ended up being a two-all draw is disappointing, but still not a result to, to, be, dis- to be too disappointed in. Of course, it's a friendly. Um, it would have been nice to win, of course. Harry Suter made a pretty big error at the back. Of course, he's so reliable for the Socceroos. We saw in the World Cup he was probably one of the players, if not the player of the tournament for us. Um, made a bit of a, an error at the back that led Mexico to score that second goal. But um, a sensational performance all round. Obviously, not expecting to keep the ball and, and have a lot of possession against Mexico in the USA, but they were able to soak up that pressure well. But And then coming into the England game, of course, another beast as well. England, another step up from Mexico. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how 
the soccer has progressed. But since the World Cup, and, and they had a couple of friendlies, uh, a couple of um, return games in Australia, and, of course, the Mexican game after that World Cup, they, they've performed admirably. So it, it's been good stuff from the Socceroos. Of course, we've seen the Matildas do so well, but uh, the Socceroos are doing quite well as well. Moving to the IPL, Rabs, because it's uh, as big as it gets. I mean, Cringula, Coniston, is this, this, is this the grand final we had to have? We've got two teams. It's been, what, 22 years for, for Coniston, 27 for Cringula. The, the drought's going to end for someone. Uh, you couldn't have put together a bigger dream of a grand final from a, from a marketer's perspective, certainly. No, definitely not. And, and the first game of the season on a, on a Thursday night at, or a Friday night at Cram Park was one of these two opponents. It was Cringilla and Coniston. And I don't think anyone would have, even though the diehard of Cringilla and Connor fans would have predicted that they'd be the team that would be rounding out the season after starting it. And both teams do deserve to be there. Obviously, Abbey and Park were the ones, the, the league champions that went out in straight sets. But, but I was at that game last week and Coniston had a, had a game plan. They stuck to it. And they took, their, they took their chance. They won 1-0. Daniel Lowe, centre-back, got up for a corner in the 87th minute and, and won them the game. And, and, of course, on the other side, Cringilla, they've just had a, a sensational season off the back of last season where they, they made finals for the first time in, in something along 10 years or something like that. Under George Damasos this season, they've, they've just come in leaps and bounds. And, and finishing second, they've got their captain, Peter Simonowski, who could still be playing state league football. He could, he's a former Wolves player, former Sydney United player. He, he could still be there. He, he's netted 31 times this season. He's been their key man, but they, they've got a young squad and, and the youngsters have done quite well. But yeah, 29 years for Cringilla, 20, uh, 22 for, for Coniston. It, it's been a long time coming, that's for sure. Cringilla, mate, obviously the run they've had through, it's been extra time, obviously, against Olympic and then a comeback against Albion Parker. You probably would have had a dollar, a dollar ten heading into for, to this type of stuff. I mean, is it one of those things? Can you can you reproduce the magic again when you've had to do it in that fashion so many times already? Yeah, no, I, I think Betts would have been suspended for that Albion Park game. They were two nil down to in, in the first seven minutes. Cameron Morgan had Park up two nil, and then and then Cringilla came back. But I was speaking to, to Peter Simonowski earlier in the week, and. And he was saying that, that even 2-0 down, because it was so early in that game against the league champions, they really thought that they could still win it. They had 80-plus minutes to, to get two goals back, and in the end, they got three. And then, of course, yeah, you mentioned, Geno, the week before against Olympic, it was an extra time battle. It was it was a phenomenal game. But, yeah, they'll, they'll be weary legs. They'll be tired. But but on the flip side, Coniston, they've had three do-or-die elimination finals in a row. So they're, they're kind of in the same boat. So it's not usually... It's not like a, you know, a, a traditional final series where, say... Um, the first place team, the league champions, win one game and they're through to the grand final. They've had two weeks off. They're really refreshed and the other team have played four in a row and they're, and they're absolutely gassed for the last game of the season. Both teams have had to do it the hard way in that sense. So I think it's a unique grand final in that respect. Um, but both teams are, are quite young. I mentioned Cringilla are young, but, but Coniston have a number of youngsters as well. And they're both known for their hard work, their, their tenacity. Uh, it, it'll be interesting considering that the minutes that both teams have had, but I think that it's actually even the playing field because both teams have kind of been in the same boat. Jordan, I'm sorry about the noise in the background. We've got clubs, swinging balls, flying, buggies, racing pie, scooters going down the hatch. We're broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club and all the accompanying sounds uh, go along with us. Before we let you go and enjoy your Saturday, just, just set the scene. The grand finals tomorrow at Wynn Stadium. What time do the festivities start? And, and, and give us a final appraisal on the day itself at, at Wynn Stadium. Yeah, well, the festivities start at 10 o'clock. Um, we've got youth grade, well, we've got second grade kicking off, actually, and then you've got youth grade, and then first grade, of course, is 3 p.m. It's going to be a sensational day, Maddie. We've had a few years of, obviously, we've had COVID, which everyone's gone through, and then last season we had 
We had rain that, that absolutely dismantled the whole season. Of course, last year the grand finals were at Wynn Stadium, but this is the first season in, in, in three or four years where there's going to be bumper crowds at Wynn Stadium for both days. Of course, it starts today. The district league finals are on youth grade, second grade, and first grade, of course, in first grade, that's Shell Harbour against Fernhill. Shell Harbour are all but certain to be promoted to the Premier League next year, so get out and watch that game. But uh, it starts all today. should be massive crowds for both days, so it should be an absolutely stellar occasion for, for both days. Both days at Wynn Stadium, Jordan, or are the district league finals elsewhere? No, no, both days at Wynn Stadium. So, so tomorrow, Shell Harbour and Fernhill at 3pm at Wynn Stadium, and then, yeah, 10 o'clock and I think 12.15 for, for the second game, uh, all at Wynn Stadium. So, yeah, the gates are open at... I believe 9.30 for both days. So, yeah, it's open now if you wanted to get down there and get a free match hot chips or something. Um, but, yeah, no, three games back-to-back-to-back to back to back, uh, on both days. I think I can smell the chips from here, Jordan. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. Glorious sunshine at the Illawarra's premium sporting venue in stadium. We'll read your great coverage in the Illawarra Mercury, as we've said all season, mate. Thank you for bringing us up to date with the Premier League. We look forward to the District League and Premier League grand finals unfolding today and tomorrow. Good on you, Jordan. Thanks, boys. Good on you. Jordan Warren, as I mentioned, read his great work in the Illawarra Mercury. We're going to take a break, and then when we return, we're going to France to talk all things rugby. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. national anthem each weekend it leads us into our rugby world cup discussion with a man who wears many hats mitch jennings um illawarra turf club director healthy illawarra man luncheon organizer west's firecracker contributor in the junior netball toby dawson we love to have your rugby expertise here Let's remember that the All Blacks, New Zealand, went down to the French 27-13 to start their World Cup campaign. The All Blacks, they're back on track. They've snuck home against Namibia this morning. 71 points to three. It was never going to be anything but, was it? No, never going to be. And I think, you know, it's really interesting, the World Cup. It used to be, you know, half a dozen teams and then the rest. Now it's actually turning into a much more competitive. The tiers ones and twos, you're seeing the likes of Fiji and whatnot. But we've still got our Namibias, our Portugals, our Chiles that are still very much developing their uh, rugby prowess. So Yeah, well, I had a look here at the, the list of scorers for New Zealand. I'd read them out, but I'd be here until 11 o'clock, not when we are off here at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so let's just leave that to one side. I want to go over to the Wallabies, but to do so, let's set it up with Ben Donaldson last week against Georgia. Last-ditch defence here from the Georgians. They're going to use the backs Australia. Carter Gordon, cut out ball to Donaldson, and he's got a double. He got two, Ben Donaldson. That was the 69th-minute try. We beat Georgia 35-15. Next up, Fiji, 1.45 Monday morning. Do you know that's your time slot? Sunday night into Monday morning, one forty-five. That's the most brutal time slot for an Australian sports fan, isn't it? No, I've managed it before, mate. Yeah, oh, I've done that before. <laughs> it well, really puts the icing on your Sunday night. One forty-five is great. It's just when you get home, you know, you oh. get some takeaways, and off you go. Off you go to the couch. Couple of Sunday it hurts Monday morning. After closing time. <laughs> Don't tell the boss Monday at work. Well, I would, oh. typically have the Mondays off being a sports reporter, so it's usually it's into my weekend. So it's a dream. 
It's a dream time slot. Oh, I don't know about that. I just I enjoy having a frothy, you know, two, three, four o'clock Sunday. Well, I have become more of a day drinker there. One forty-five is a long way away from Matty, the first beer. Just set your clock to the uh, French time zone, and okay. it might as well be after lunchtime. But, okay. Um, so Fiji, like we beat. Firstly, uh, Toby, through your expert eyes, the performance against Georgia. Do we do we read anything into that? It was the win that we needed. It was the settler, you know, we've had Eddie come in, everyone's on, you know, on the backs of the Wallabies, you know, none from five, going into a World Cup, what's he dreaming, you know, brand new team. He's got a vision, he's starting to execute it, and he just needs to get to the World Cup. So we've got Georgia, they're, you know, they were a competitive tier two, um, and we're going to get the win. Was it as big as a New Zealand Namibia scoreline? No, not quite. But I think it's exactly that settler to give the young guys the confidence and that you know, experience of, of winning in a World Cup game. Are we starting to see? We we came here and gave a pretty frank assessment of uh, Eddie Jones' pre-Cup press conference. I reckon that Akaruba is still sitting out there in the ocean, somewhere that ocean of tie. But Ben Donaldson, a guy, a lot of people question the selection. We were on this show not that long ago talking about can, it, can Quaid and Nick White do it for us? Like we hadn't even, you'd never think a Ben Donaldson's going to be the fullback at, at that point. Is this... I don't want to say vindication because there's more to come, but are we starting to see some method to Eddie's madness in that type of selection and performance? Yeah, and you, you listen to what they're saying. The squad are saying, what everyone who's in that camp is saying, they're saying Eddie's got faith and he's got confidence. And the fact that he's put Donaldson back in against Fiji and he's keeping Kellaway out of the 23. And Kellaway's got some great runs on the board. He's an experienced campaigner. He's played in Europe. And he said Donald, it's Donaldson's jersey to lose. So the guys at this point have stepped up the way Eddie's expecting him, expecting him to. Um, I think it's a, it's a bit of a shame that we've got Nick White coming in, unfortunately, due to uh, Tate's concussion and on the sideline, because we really want this new flamboyant, don't play to a game plan, play to your skills type of football to take, you know, take shape, and we want to see it evolve. But um, I think it's really exciting. Maybe the drunk uncle's got a bit of genius Maybe here. He's, it's, starting, it's starting to show, isn't it? That's what I thought. Because obviously, yeah, and you're going in, it's, it's a huge game. Fiji, the, you talk about developing nations, how much bigger it's got. Well, they, are, they actually loom as a danger side. And the Wallabies, I just don't think they can afford to be needing to beat Wales to get out of the pool. And we refer to Eddie Jones as the drunk uncle because of his <laughs> departing media conference where he did appear to be a drunk uncle. But, Toby, back to you. Yeah, no, Fiji, 100%. So, in the last, um, since the last World Cup, uh, Fiji have been a prominent starter in the Super Pacific. You know, one of the good things that came out of the pandemic was we've really focused on this Pacific uh, region in terms of rugby development. So we've got a side that traditionally, I don't think Fiji have beaten the Wallabies since the 50s. Like, it's wild. You know, we, if you look at it statistically, we've got this uh, in the bag. But if you look at it in terms of form, over the last four years, Fiji have gotten really uh, quite a lot of experience in the 15-man game. They've got a heap of players that play in Europe heap of players that are playing in Super Rugby. Watching that game against Wales, I think they were robbed. I think it's one of the worst, you know, I don't get sanctioned if I say this, it is one of the worst perform <laughs> refereeing performances I've ever seen, you know. There was a yellow card to Fiji, deserved. There was one yellow card to Wales, even though they had 17 penalties racked up. There needed to be a second, um, I think, warning and then someone else putting some time on the sideline uh, because you just can't play with that level of ill-discipline. 
in, in a World Cup match. Well, it turns out you can. Well, apparently you can. <laughs> apparently you can. Yeah, you know, the Wallabies need personalities, don't they? And young Tom Hooper is sticking his hand up because he's from Oberon, Central West New South Wales, obviously dabbled a lot in rugby around the Bathurst area, and he's become the Hanley Badger Mark II because he said regarding Fiji this week, we've got to be careful they don't pull something out of their clacker. And that was just typical of a, a range of very Australian comments that had the world media eating out of Tom Hooper's hands. As long as he doesn't try too hard to be someone apart from who he is, that, that, that's fine. But well done, Tom Hooper. And he's right. If Fiji get a sniff and they're, they're within reach late in the game in their own 20, they can go the length. Fiji have got speed. Fiji have got size. You know, you've often heard that you're throwing the ball around like a Fiji seven side. They can throw balls anywhere and they hit the mark. Australia knows this, mm. so they'll be trying to play a level of disciplined um, football, making sure that Fiji aren't getting that run because their counter-attacking rugby is electrifying. If it's loose ball, if it's unstructured play, that's really going to play into the Fijians' hands. Tom Hooper, he's a big wall of meat. I think that's another one that we heard him um, yeah. talk through during the week. And if he can just keep that physicality, keep our guys going forward, um, I think it's going to be a really exciting contest. It's not going to be one-sided. But this will really... I've got the faith. I've had the faith the whole way <laughs> through. The faith, the faith, the faith. Exactly. He's got it. Yeah. We, we know that Fiji can pull something out of their clacker. And we know what Tom Hooper's referring to. I wonder what Serge Russo, reporting in France, the reporter, when he heard pull something out of their clacker, how do you think he responded? The old international European journalist. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. But, you know, look, it's, it's an international game. People are used to language barriers and overcoming yeah. them and everything else. So I think it's... Uh, I think they would have managed. I don't think it'll be too too far out of the realms of what they can handle. 1.45am, which stands for after midnight. Early Monday morning is the way we, we look at that. Uh, Australia against Fiji. The World Cup continues. Illawarra rugby is finished. Shoalhaven 36-15 against Avondale. Five trays to two. That's five tries to tries. two. See, now he's starting <laughs> yeah, to speak. Yeah. Now French. you've got that global Five player. lots of tries. Winger five Mark, Mark Brandon. Yeah. Uh, Brandon uh, two tries, five goals for the winners. What do you make of the Illawarra rugby decider? Uh, it was always going to be Shoalies. You know, yeah. the only disappointing thing about that day is that Avondale got second grade. I would have loved to have seen <laughs> Shoalhaven get the clean sweep. but um, Well, they were unbeaten in first grade. That's not a bad were. season. That's unbeaten. not a bad season. I would have liked, I actually am surprised that the scoreline was what it was. I thought it might have been a bit more All Blacks Namibia, mm. to be to mm. be fair. 71-3. Um, yeah, but, you know, the um, Avondale guys, they know how to play a grand final. They've been in, you know, quite a lot since they came into the comp. Um, and we can get into the technicalities of why we think that may be the case at another time in next season's uh, <laughs> broadcasting. But look, Shoalies were head and shoulders. You keep reading out this, the, you know, the points differential yeah. each week, and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, that was a brilliant game. Great, great season. The Brandon boys were just on on point. Miller's up front, and another, you know, ten guys on the paddock that were all very capable and competent, and they just really deserved that win. And it was a cracker of an afternoon for. Rugby. Good or bad for the league or the union going forward? Like, you could look at it that, okay, people were saying, we can't beat Shoalhaven, they're a colossal club. You know, I don't know whether I want to go around again. Or people could say, I want to take them down. I want to assemble a team that's going to challenge Shoalhaven. So what way do you look at it? Uh, I think uh, rugby's been in a bit of a state of flux over the last few years. Um, we've dropped the third grade comp out of the uh, competition uh, mm. a few years ago, so it's only ones and twos. But if you look at the quality of the sides... I'd argue that we've actually got a second and a third grade. We don't really have many sides playing at that 
first grade uh, standard anymore, other than Shoalhaven, quite clearly. So I think what we're going to see is a lot of people who have got the skills, got the talent, they want to give it a sniff, so they're going to go back to their clubs. We're probably going to see a few guys from Rugby League. This uh, World Cup's really working well for the publicity storm of Australian rugby, and there's a lot of investment. Phil War, the CEO of Rugby Australia, is talking all about the grassroots and re-establishing those pathways and those pipelines into professional rugby, um, looking at building in a new third-tier competition. So any of those guys that mightn't be making the top flight in rugby league that want to chance their arm and end up, you know, like Jack Hobbs of Kiama playing country rugby, uh, just a local guy, getting a look in at those sort of top levels of, of football and competition, I think it's actually going to really jackpot. You know, they're the, they're, the, uh, they're the pace car right now, Shoalhaven. People want to catch up and know that to do that, they've got to get cattle on the field. And so there's plenty of opportunities if you're out there. You've got a bit of toe, you've got a bit of size. And that's the other beautiful thing about football. No matter your body shape, we've got a position for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You look, look at the World Cup and you see all shapes and sizes, more so than, than most sports. Even in rugby league now, we're seeing wingers as big as props and generally the same sort of, you, you might get a live fullback. But, you, yeah, you're right. Rugby, you think, how the hell is he a professional athlete? Or what's yeah. he doing out there? That, you put... Tom Midget. Hooper next to Tate McDermott next to Taniella Tupo. Like, yeah. you've got all shapes and sizes, but they've all got skill. They've all got something to bring. It's not necessarily about having the ball skills. It's about being a good scrummager, being able to lift a line out, having that effectiveness at the breakdown. There's different skills for different body shapes. And for Pete's sake, I've played over 350 games, and I've got not much chop at all. You know? <laughs> Congratulations, Shoalhaven. You're being too modest there, Toby Dawson. You're, you're a very good rugby player. Uh, Shoalhaven, the uh, champions of Illawarra rugby. We're going to break. We're going to come back. Toby's going to stay with us. There's much more to come on Saturdays in the Gong. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. 55 metres out. Who's going to get this? A fake fly mark taken. Akers runs, plays on. As he kicked the goal he has. Akers has done it again. He wins all the time. Ah, they won it by two, the Blues, 11-7-73 against a wayward Melbourne, 9-17-71. Let's bring in our AFL guru, Dave Anderson, back for the second time this show. Your flag pies, are they nervous watching Carlton win last night like that? No, the city of Melbourne are nervous about seeing Carlton play like that because if they get a Carlton-Collingwood grand final, probably have to declare martial law. <laughs> well, walking in here today, I had a I had a gentleman who may or may not be Angus Glover's dad, the basketball star, telling me that Brisbane is the team to beat. The Lions are going to win the comp. Do you agree? I got to see a bit more from Brisbane in Melbourne before I believe that. But I I, th- I do think they're the best team in it at the moment, the Brisbane Lions. But that could just be an early um def- de- you know deferral from me as well. Brisbane and Collingwood waiting next week. Do the Giants win today, Dave? I think they do. Yep, I think they're um they're the they're the team probably in the best form at the moment, and they believe that they can beat anyone. Their first team in the history of the AFL to win at 11 different venues in the one season. 
Oh, that what a good stat. That's First inc- team in the AFL to win at 11 different venues. Yeah. That's a good stat. Dave Anderson, you'll be back on this show more regularly if you keep that up. You'll be well to take over from Pete. He'll have more random oh, facts. <laughs> well, there's a random Pete, fact. Pete's, Pete's going to lose his random fact status. Mine are a bit more niche than Pete's. <laughs> <laughs> well, locally, Dave, uh, the Fig Tree Kangaroos smashed North District's Tigers last week. 10-3-73, So a 40-point win to the reigning champs, the Kangaroos. The best, Michael Coleman, Joel Botton-Noonan with four goals. Brandon Lagana, Benjamin Yakimov with four goals. Max Harper and Rourke Eagle. They might be feeling a little dusty this week after celebrating their premiership. If you're feeling dusty after a grand final win or finals celebration, you can go to the healthier Illawarra men's lunch at Toby Dawson, which helps Illawarra men feel healthy. Exactly. In mind and body. Exactly, Matty. Healthy Illawarra men. We are a volunteer committee that put on events all around getting men in the Illawarra to be more proactive about their health, be more proactive about the role they play in families and communities, you know. So even, you know, we have a look at the role that men play in domestic family and uh, sexual violence and trying yep. to help people be more active in being positive role models to kids, drive that generational change. and. Healthy Illawarra men, I think you dropped this a few weeks ago, Matty. You gave the early scoop for people that tune in to Saturdays in mm. the Gong. Friday, the 17th of November, 2023, we have got the Healthy Illawarra Men International Men's Day lunch. Yeah. It has got That's an amazing lunch. oh, amazing lineup. Brett Connellan, Bombo Boy, Shark Attack Survivor. We talk about football, a game of inches. Watch the doco attacking life. Mm. It's a game of millimetres. The shark's tooth. Missed his femoral, femoral artery by millimetre. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Little technical glitch as we went to the last break, but you were halfway through telling us about the healthier Illawarra men lunch, Toby. 17th of November, Brett Connellan, Bombo Boy, Shark Attack Survivor. He's headlining. Tickets are selling fast. So are sponsorships. Healthyillawarramen.org.au. Friday, 17th of November. Tonight, though, Geno, at Cogra. Double header. Uh, double header, yeah. It's obviously, it's a, they've shifted the time slot to make sure it's not competing with uh, NRLW. the finals. So it'll be the Dragons. Dragons. Big news this week, I think. They can't make the finals, but knocking down Tegan Berry, breakout star of the entire competition this year. Shell Harbour Girl locked down for another couple of years. So I think that is something to bang the gong on. Last game of the season tonight for the Dragons. Get near Cogra. Grace Tracy. Illawarra Academy of Sport Athlete of the Year. Well done, Grace, for your efforts across netball. AFL, we'll see you next week, Saturdays in the Gong.